everybody, welcome to the third episode of Kale's Weekly Rant. Um, in case you're wondering why, there was nothing up last week for anybody who actually gives a shit enough to uh, listen and check up on it. Uh, we took a week hiatus uh, due to the Super Bowl, which is where I'm going to start today. Um, of course, I'm, I'm still excited, and, you know, I'm happy for the city of Pittsburgh, and, you know, as a fan, this is the kind of things, you know, we dream for as a fan, this is why we cheering, this is why we hope every season after a failure the previous year, this is why we come back to the game, is for the championship win, it feels amazing, and I'm sure it feels even more amazing for those who have been with the team longer than I have. Um, I want to talk about the game. For me, of all the Super Bowls I've seen, a lot of people, and this happens, you know, immediately after after the Super Bowl, we, you know, it's overrated soon after, everybody's excited, you know, with the aftermath. But for me, honestly, you know, after a couple of days to cool it down, this goes as the second greatest Super Bowl in history. The first being that one uh, a couple years ago between the Rams and the Titans, the game ending with uh, the Titans' third receiver, McCann's, stretching out one arm with the ball coming one yard short of the goal line with a touchdown that would have tied up the game. Um, that was, I mean, that ending was so dramatic. It was so close. It was right there. Um, I don't think that's ever going to be surpassed. But this game, the back and forth in the fourth quarter and the two um, scoring plays at the end were just beautiful. The Fitzgerald catch, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald again proved. I was thinking, I was thinking Paul Mullen and Taylor combined were going to be able to shut him down. I was worried a little bit about Bolden and Breskin, but I thought they'd be, I mean, I, I thought the defense as a whole would be able to contain them and we got a low-scoring game. So I was a little bit off here. But Fitzgerald proved me wrong, and I knew he was a beast. But, um... He was a beast against the best defense in the country. Um, that that last touchdown catch that he had, um, the def- and both of I I gotta give credit to Pittsburgh's defense still even more. Both of those passing touchdowns were played perfectly. Um, the first one to the third string tight end, I think it was uh, failure. Was there for, and for a linebacker. I mean, he had a hand in the face he couldn't. I mean, he came down, so it wasn't passing the finish, but his hand was up in front of the face and just short of the ball, and it was an amazing catch, an amazing throw. I won it. And the throw to Fitzgerald, I mean, everybody's saying, oh, it was, you know, a, a beautiful throw. No, it wasn't really. It was a lob. Larry Fitzgerald's just that good. But Taylor got a hand on the ball. I mean, he got a hand on the ball, and he was just out-muscled for it. So, I mean, you, you still give credit to Pittsburgh's defense on those. They did all they could. And you have to give credit to Arizona's defense on the final play. Ben Roethlisberger stepped up big in this game. He was 21-30, um, 256 yards, you know, one fluke interception and a game-winning touchdown. In my opinion, he's MP- M, uh, he should have been MVP. And I think he sealed his Hall of Fame. Um, he sealed his Hall of Fame bit. Ben Roethlisberger will be in the Hall of Fame, will be in the NFL Hall of Fame at some point in his lifetime. But this, though, is still the Holmes... Um, was over three Cardinal defenders, as high as it could, as it had to be, couldn't have been any higher. And San Antonio Holmes made uh, the most amazing Super Bowl catch that I've ever seen. Yes, it beat David Tyree. David Tyree got lucky as shit and pinned the ball against his helmet. San Antonio Holmes did not get lucky. He went up and reeled it in, dotted the eye, came straight down with the tippy toes and the grass, and oh, it was beautiful. And um, I understand people saying, you know, you use the ball as a prop. Yeah, you get was missed, but bad calls happen. Um, it's, it's the nature of the game. 
the ball has been used to prop in regular season celebrations, and it has been called, and nobody said a damn thing. But because this is the Super Bowl, and it was a situation it was in, everything's magnified, and, you know, the scrutiny's there. Which is one more thing. This happens all the time. With the Pittsburgh Steelers, you love them or you hate them. I love them. But many people hate them, and it's why we see, you know, the refs calls as they were in Super Bowl 40 against the Seahawks. We see these things questioned even more. Um, and people saying, you know, oh, with the refs helps Pittsburgh won. Here we go. This is why, I mean, and, it's, and if you're going to say that about this game, that's absolute bullshit. Yes, there were more penalties than you like to see, but when we sit down with two people, one really for Arizona, one for Pittsburgh during this game we had, both of whom know the rules very well. I think for almost every call, I'm not sure it was one, what we argued about, every call we agreed was right, or we could see why the call was made. And um, and for, to say that the game helped Pittsburgh, the calls against the uh, calls that helped Pittsburgh against Arizona were for the most part made in the third quarter. The calls in the fourth quarter that really swung the game were for Arizona's favor with that hold, which was a which was a good call, and um, which again Justin Hartwig, I have no freaking clue what the hell you were thinking. I mean, the the geek tackle wasn't even going to get close to Bang. Bang had to ball off. Ben was going to get the ball off for sure, and it was going to be a first down. Hartway decided to pull him down. I mean, all you need to do was just a little tiny push or just stand there and slow him down a little bit to make sure. I mean, that, that was going to have no effect on the play. But anyway, and then the call, what everybody's upset about was at least they say, oh, you know, this the fumble at the end of the game where they were lobbying for incomplete pass, you know, we wasn't sure Harrison or uh, uh, Woodley knocked the ball out, and we weren't sure, you know, if his arm was coming forward or not. Um, here's the thing. Kurt Warner's arm was coming forward, but it was not an incomplete pass. Woodley knocked the ball out of his hand way beforehand, and people say, oh, well, the ball, you know, the ball shot forward like 10 yards after, you know, when it came out because Warner's arm was moving forward. Yeah, the ball's like rolling out of his hand, rolling down his wrist while his arm's coming forward. So, I mean, he got, I mean, Warner didn't have control of the ball when, when he got it out. You know, it was down coming down his arm like he had it curled up in his arm when he, you know, released it. So, I mean, it was a fumble for sure. And people say, well, oh, yeah, they should have at least reviewed it. Every play after it, two minutes in is reviewed. Um, the, re- the replay booth looks at it themselves, and if they can make a definite decision, then they don't tell the referees. If there's some question up there, then they, they tell the referees, hey, go, go look at it for yourself. But they felt it was definite, and so do I. So, I mean, yes, it was reviewed, and the referee even waited to make the call. It was a hesitated call, and he said, after the review, I mean, even though he didn't do it, the play was still reviewed. So that argument, I mean, just shot down. It was it was a good win, and, um, you know, we're, we're happy for the Steelers. And um, now with Pittsburgh winning, the first team in history to win six Super Bowls. You know, the, the town has been called Sixburg and whatnot now. But... I think it's hands down obvious the Pittsburgh Steelers are the greatest organization in professional sports. Um, they've won six Super Bowls. People say, yeah, it's easier to, it's, you know, it's so easy to get the Super Bowl. You don't have these seven game series. You only have to play three, uh, two or three games. Well, if it's so easy, why hasn't anybody else done it? Why would we only have three teams to five? Um, five teams yet they have never played in the Super Bowl or whatever, or never won. Like another ten or fifteen that you know haven't won. Um, Pittsburgh's the first of six, and they and they're consistently there. Um, the one short uh, for the record in appearances, uh, one shot of the Cowboys, 
but they have a better record, um, a six and one, as opposed to the Cowboys five and three. Um, and I think Pittsburgh should be the new America's team because they do things the right way. Pittsburgh has had uh, three head coaches in the last forty years: Chuck Noll in the seventies and eighties, Bill Cowher took over in the late eighties and nineties, and now we see Mike Tomlin, all of whom won a Super Bowl there. Um, they're incredibly good at what they do. They're incredibly good at drafting. We see San Antonio Holmes and Lamar Woodley making huge impacts. Those are first-round draft picks. A lot of teams make mistakes with their first-round draft picks. Some of them, um, you know, they, they don't hurt the team, but they certainly don't help, and that's the spot where you want to help your team out. And then some teams, you know, have a history of hurting themselves with their first-round picks, um, hence the Ryan Leaf situation. And uh, most recently, you see Matt Liner with the Cardinals, I'm um, not playing well. Kurt Warner gets to start. Alex Smith out of San Francisco. I, I mean, that's a number one overall pick that's just gone down the garbage. And, and there's a team with a history of winning. But I think that goes back to Bill Walsh, not, not necessarily the organization. And you see teams in... I mean, so Pittsburgh does the drafting thing well. They, they um, are notoriously good for not paying. Antoine and Edwell, we win a Super Bowl. He wants money. Um, and Pittsburgh replaces him with San Antonio Holmes in the first-round pick. So... You know, um, and Joey Porter is the same way. He gets replaced by James Harrison, who has, who has had more of an impact this year than Joey Porter ever did. Um, Joey Porter made the biggest impact with his mouth, and you know it's it's not needed. And then uh, you see, yeah, Randall. I mean, and these players they they leave good best years behind in Pittsburgh for the money. We see Porter going down to Miami and not nearly having the impact he did in Pittsburgh. And we see Randall, who's still a good player, but he wasn't nearly the, the. The big he he doesn't have the explosion factor that he uh, in Washington that he had in Pittsburgh. So, and besides the drafting, the free agents and the paying stuff, and, you know, the paying. I mean, the, the GMs and Dan Rooney family they do everything to a T. And Pittsburgh not I think not being a huge media market helps, but then then, then Dallas isn't either. But um, I mean, obviously we're comparing Pittsburgh to Dallas here. Dallas is the old America's team and. I think there's no freaking reason why they should be. And if you want to, and they're in the lobby for the worst organization in professional sports. Um, but again, you look at Pittsburgh and, and they do things the right way. They don't have these off the field troubles that you see teams, like these big off the field troubles that you see with teams like Dallas. Um, Dallas, I mean, Dallas is out of history, and even in the 90s, let's bring as many drug addicts and uh, ex cons and people with, you know, off-the-field troubles and histories of destroying teams and arrest records onto our football team just because they're black and athletic. And we'll see if we can win championships. And if we pay them enough, they'll, maybe they'll try for us. And it's, it's gotten five somehow. They're five and three. It's gotten five somehow. Um, I think Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith break away from that rule, but, and that, I think that's why they have the, you know, why they've won what they have. Um, Jerry Jones, I think, should have been this weekend, should have been sitting back and studying the loonies and taking notes. Um, and the same with George Steinbrenner. And for that matter, if you want to go into other sports, we see other, uh, what would what would appear to be great organizations that have kind of lost their winning ways here recently because of these, you know, the same kind of off-the-field stuff. Um, and you don't, you don't have to pay the big money to do so. And, you know, I mean, and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, people wonder, oh, you got to bring in the big stars for ticket sales and stuff. No, you don't. If you have a fan base, and now we're going on to the Steeler Nation, if you have a fan base, um, you're going to sell tickets. The Super Bowl is practically a home game for Pittsburgh. They said it was 4-1. to one. In the stands, it looked more like 6-1. to one. 
and the terrible towers were waving. And, I mean, it was obvious it was a home game. Ben Roethlisberger said it felt like we were playing in Heinz Field. Just the grass a little bit nicer, you know? So, I mean, if you have the fan base and you can say, yeah, Yankees fans are there, but half the Yankees fans don't care about the game. They care about the big names and the fact that they're doing for, you know, the winning team all the time. I mean, that's all they give a shit about. All right, so now I'll go ahead and stop with football now and we'll move on to another split hockey. The, my, my Pittsburgh Penguins, I'm not sure, I mean, I mean, we have the worst record. In, we had the worst record in January, and things don't seem to be getting any better. I saw Gurion in his first start the other night, and that was absolutely atrocious. I mean, if I thought Flurry would be coming out and playing the puck, Gurion was out away from the crease, or he was way too far back in, let people drive on him, or he'd come out behind the net when we have you know when we have a couple defenders back, and Toronto had three forwards in. I mean, he he was not good, and and give him some credit, he made some good. I saw some good stick saves there, but the defense. I, I think I've seen. I saw in the last couple of games, New Jersey lost that heartbreaker in the last thirty seconds, especially. I saw a weak side defense when you come back into the box after when, when the other team set up. The four check neutral zone still good, and that's due to Malkin. Malkin does an amazing job up front, but getting back in the weak side, whoever's on that weak side forward, does not collapse when the puck is on. When uh, they have a strong side, and too many times, um, the Devils get it and Toronto get it. We've seen passes come into the slot, and they've been able to sneak a guy in and just have a clear one time a goal, and, and the goalie has no chance. And that goes to that uh, weak side fluid. We saw um, Sakura. I saw Sakura lapse over there, and, and it's people say all oh, the defense we need to be watching for the guy coming in. Well, they have to watch the puck on a shot. Um, you can blow a shot by that song strike, uh, strong side forward, and that's the defenseman's job to block it. But it's the wing strike, and it, most of it has to do with communication. Same thing in basketball, you know. Uh, you guy out in the wing has to talk to the men down low if you see someone cut. And the same thing, that, that weak side forward either has to collapse or yell at the defenseman if someone's trying to sneak in, and Pittsburgh's not doing it right now. And I think that, that falls on Terry and shoulders to notice that, and I haven't seen them change. I haven't seen the defense change at all which means I think it's going relatively unnoticed. Um, the offense has still been good. We've been putting goals on the board. But um, just just the, the, the defense hasn't been there the way it should be. And I think until we can correct the problem, I, I, don't, I don't expect to see uh, Pittsburgh fix the skid, fix, I mean, get back on the winning side. And frankly, if we don't fix this, I, I don't expect us to make the playoffs. I mean, it's, it's, it's tight as it is right now. I think we still have a shot. Um, definitely still have a shot, but if we can get it out of the plane, the usual selves. But for now, I mean, Gulan has to fix his problems, and the defense has to get better if we have a shot to get in. So, now, away from sports here, we're going to go into uh, some something I'm excited for. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to try and play some Orlando Frisbee here Saturday, and I am damn excited. It's been way too long since I've even thrown. I mean, I don't even think I've just gotten out and thrown a disc around for a while. But um, I'm going to get off and shake the dust off, and I need to uh, email whoever's in charge, Mr. Uh, Gates over at Penn State, and see about this high school, see what's happening with this high school league. He said he'd get back to me here in the spring. So I just want to check up on him, and it's, it's that time of year. It's, I'm excited. And I'm um, getting near to what I've realized now. And for the news class, I'm sure people have noticed it. Um, I no longer, I still, you could say I still care, but I'm no, not nearly to the point I get, I no longer care about anything school-related besides graduation and AP tests. 
Um, I got accepted into Bloomsburg. I know that's where I'm going. I'm filling out my scholarship apps and honors apps and stuff now. And uh, I couldn't care less. So, that's not the life of Kale's been lately. It's been pretty good. It was a good good couple weeks here. So, and now I just got to worry about getting, you know, I guess I need to realize, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be spending a couple thousand dollars here in the next couple months on AP tests and car insurance payments. So, it's good now. We'll see how it goes. But I just realized I'm going to be spending $420 for AP tests. But on the bright side, I will not have to get out of school a week early. That's always good. So, anyway, so I'm looking forward to things. Thanks for listening, everybody. You know, I'm trying to shorten things up. I've been informed, you know, things were a little too, a little too long today. I know this part, this one, this episode was sports-centered completely, 100%. And I uh, apologize for my little life update. And I apologize for you. I, I know there's at least one person out there who was uh, was uh, upset because there was an episode missing. You know, I took a week off the Super Bowl. So I'm sorry, um, <laughs> Jake Wilson. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm sorry to Jake. But, uh, so, so here's episode three for you. You can, you know, come running in and be all excited and gleeful to listen to me for a little while. Thanks, everybody.